0: Greetings everyone, it's Keith Billick here I hope everyone's doing okay today, hanging in there, staying safe I really appreciate you all joining me It's it's nice to see you back here for another episode of the Picky Fingers Banjo Podcast I feel like I have a lot to to tell you about Now where should I start? Well last time I plugged that Banjo Camp Banjo Summit And I'm, I'm just getting back from the camp And by getting back from the Banjo Summit I mean I'm in the exact same seat that I was when I attended the banjo summit but it did feel like quite a journey because man oh man there were some high caliber players high caliber teaching going on um I consider myself a pretty well-versed experienced player and a lot of it was over my head but I'm I'm really inspired by it all and looking forward to chipping away at the information that I was able to get and probably best of all was the fact that I got to uh chat a little bit with a few of you who attended so it was really great to put a few names and faces together and maybe I'll even recognize you if we run into each other in real life when real life you know starts happening again of course. It made me actually think and realize I think that's the first time I've actually ever been a banjo student. I've never taken lessons formally myself and all the camps that I've been at have been as either a a faculty member or you know sound crew or something like that so it was it was a new situation for me and i'm really glad i did it i don't know what why i waited so long because it was it was a great experience so highly recommend banjo summit other exciting news there is a big end of the year sale at the picky fingers merch store a lot of you have probably seen photos of people very cool people i might add sporting their Picky Fingers official logo t-shirts or stickers and now through the end of the year you can get those for 20% off if you go to banjopodcast.com and go to the store and then just make sure you enter the coupon code BY2020, B-Y-E 2020. I think the buy has to be all capital letters but I'm not sure but anyway that will get you 20% off your order. I am already out of certain size and color combinations, but I'll be restocking soon, and this is just a way for me to to clear out what I have, give you all a good deal, and uh, I should be getting more soon. But uh, yeah, check that out, banjopodcast.com, coupon code BY2020. Let's see, what else do I have to do? I have to give shout outs to some of my favorite people, and I am, of course, talking about my lovely, talented Patreon supporters. There are two uh, official supporters of this episode. The first one is Sean Braddock. If you run into a guy while you're in Memphis, Tennessee, playing a left-handed deering Sierra banjo, chances are that's going to be Sean. He's finally back here after retiring from 26 years of service in the Air Force, including a whole bunch of stints overseas. So, Sean, I give you the picky-fingered salute, and thank you for your service, and congrats on your retirement. And, of course, thanks for being a Patreon supporter. Uh, the other supporter of the day is Rory Johnson. He is a self-described banjo nerd, which I think most of us probably fit that description, don't you? Um, but, man, he he told me the kind of stuff that is is just exactly what I love to hear. He listened to all the episodes multiple times and discovered a whole bunch of new artists that he likes and even managed to score some private lessons with a few of them, including Chris Pandolfi and BB Bowness. So uh, Rory, thank you so much for your support. And like I said, that's really just, uh, that's really my goal with a lot of this is some of my favorite comments is that you discovered someone because of the podcast or that you are now supporting some of these artists livelihood because of hearing them on the podcast. That's, that's what this is all about is uh, building the community and supporting the people who are making the music with that we love. So Sean Braddock and Rory Johnson, thank you both for being Patreon supporters. Anyone else out there, go to patreon.com slash banjo podcast. And that's how you can sign up to become an official sponsor of the show. You know what? I, d- I don't do too much of this, but pretty soon I'm actually going to throw out another bonus prize for anyone who is a Patreon supporter. I referred last time, we're, I'm, I'm kind of transitioning here to the, to the episode at hand, the second part of my conversation with Pat Cloud. In the first one, you heard me mention that Pat did an exercise during the interview where he composed a piece of music right on the spot. And that did happen, and that was going to be part of this episode, but as you can tell, these episodes are just running really long. I already have over two hours uh, between the last one and here, and what I'm going to do is I cut that out of this episode, but I am going to offer it as a bonus episode for all the Patreon supporters. So if you want to hear Pat compose a song in real time, which, like I said, is absolutely fascinating— you're going to want to sign up on that Patreon page, and I'll uh, I'll get that out here as soon as I can. One more thing to mention: I don't know if all of you noticed, I put out a bonus episode just uh, yesterday. I'm not sure when this will come out, but um. I put out a bonus episode with Dub Pierce and if you haven't listened to that, that's going to give you a bit of context for what you're about to hear. Dub helped me a lot with this interview. I'm not going to rehash the bonus episode, but uh, the best part about it, this, this episode is great because Dub is a great bass player and a lot of this episode is just him and... Pat jamming on some of the ideas that Pat has so go back and listen to that bonus episode to get acquainted with who Dub is and you'll hear more from him throughout the episode and other than that I'm really excited for you to hear this next installment of the conversation with Pat Cloud he gets he gets really into some of the music theory ideas so definitely if you're interested in playing jazz uh, sit back and try to learn something here because Pat has a great mind for it and he was very generous to share a lot of the information with me and therefore you as well. So here it is, the second part of my conversation with jazz banjo player Pat Cloud. So going back to um, references from your, from your jazz book, you, you really have a structure to it. And I'm curious if that's something that you followed yourself in terms of your practicing
1: habits. That's a great question. That is a great question because it has a little bit to do with my history. I had some key lessons from jazz players. Hmm. Such as? Uh, Joe Pass, uh, oh. vibraphonist Dave Pike. And uh, guitarist Ron Ashde. Okay.
0: And the um, I'm familiar with Joe, but I, I assume those other guys. They are, were local guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, Dave Pike is known in Europe quite a bit. Okay. Um, a really beautiful player. Um, he gave me the uh, the bebop rules. Bebop. <laughs> Rules,
0: rules, rules. I was gonna say. I thought you didn't believe in rules. Ro- no, roles. you only
1: hear what you want to hear. Okay, I guess so. I have banjo You're a player here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's a couple of uh, things about the book that's leading up to it. In other words, uh, there's one portion in the book where I call it the journey to two five one. Two five one is the uh, is a very seminal jazz cadence, and it. Um, if you're playing a lot of uh, charts, you can take a look and see if two, five, one chords are grouped together. And uh, uh, what that what that amounts to, say, uh, we have G, that's a one chord, two, four chord, five chord, relative minor six, minor seven, half five, or diminished. And then back to G again. So 2-5-1 in G would be A minor to D. This this sort of sets... This is the subdominant function. Dominant function. And it comes back to... Well, in order to be able to do that, you have to... uh, you have to be able to um, take a whole key and explore it and find out what a whole key is. And part of that is that uh, just the chords that I went through those those chords a G. And all I'm doing is starting a G G scale off of each note. Okay, yeah, you know yeah. about that, right? So, <clears throat> so um, you have a previous two chords are in the G scale. So you can use a whole G scale (laughs) for those three chords. Sure. Uh, You you have to keep in mind the chord, the actual chord, as you're doing it. But um, uh, when you get to where it goes from the D7 to the G, you have to really not play a fourth note. You can't play C as the first note of that. In other words, I can't go... But you got to do that. So it's, it's yeah. So so you have to stay away from that C note, right, right at the point
0: where it goes back to the one.
1: Where it goes back to the one. Sure. So that's that's one thing to practice. Uh, I've had, I, I think uh, people practice uh, the G scale without the C,
2: hmm.
1: which is uh, uh, where. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And it keeps it, it, if you took all the notes of a regular G scale and you just played them on a piano. All at once? High, all at once. It'd sound like a C chord. Really? <laughs> I've got no reason to lie to you now. <laughs> no, it, it has a it has a uh, uh, it has a sub subdominant sonority. Uh-huh. Okay, but if you scooch it up to G C sharp, it cuts it cuts the chromatic scale right in half, and it sounds more more like G than a regular G scale does.
0: For the same for the same kind of reason, yeah, and
1: if I had the if piano and showed you, you could just scooch it over to C sharp and it yeah. sounds like g huh, <laughs> and so uh, you yeah. okay. that's a that's a jazz pattern you know
2: uh
0: yeah are those called boundaries or boundary notes is that is that what
1: they're referred to uh, uh, well,
3: he's headed towards the target notes if that are tar- target or, or oh tones,
1: is it? oh okay oh okay i
3: mean it sounds like a or enclosures thing. Enclosures. That?
0: okay
1: really yeah I, I, that's interesting i i that's
3: a uh, Brent Vartstra term, I think. The guy who does Learn Jazz Standards.
0: Okay, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I have, okay. I've, I've seen it around.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different takes.
0: So, so already. what you were saying though is that you you had these critical lessons from these guys, and and Dave taught you about the, the two Pike, fives ones, yes. and I, I guess what you meant is how to identify like those tone tonal centers tonal centers.
1: Yes, exactly. It where, okay. where you can group chords chords together with a scale.
0: So sometimes there's like a whatever an a minor and a d seven and there might not even be a g but you're supposed to identify that as having the well tonal here, center here's of the a thing
1: g. here's the thing um the book I wrote before was called uh the key to five string banjo okay and it was a book on, on basic five five note pentatonic scale mm-hmm. and uh, that's the uh that's it g a b d e mm-hmm pull it out of a G scale. Yeah. Well, the notes you don't pull out are the fourth and the seventh, yeah. which is the tritone. Uh-huh. Okay. When you're working with the tritone, you can take and make sensitive tones out of the extended harmony. Now, what do I mean by that? If you have D7, you can extend it to a nine...
0: Yeah, I just heard you do that a second ago. Yeah.
1: Well, Dave Pike, what he told me is that you can, and I, I got this from the Joe Pass book. What jazz jazz players like to do is to create more tension on the dominant chord. Yeah. So that involves the sharp flat nine and sharp flat 5 Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see, uh, A minor, sharp uh, D seven sharp five. There's the, there's the D seven. You substitute it for that. And that goes up here. So you have a voice. You have that voice leading. Okay, so the flat five would be. Let's see. Yeah, sorry. And that's going up. All these, all these are proceeding from the, the chord tones of an A minor. Mm-hmm. And so the the uh, flat nine is another one. That's going down, you see. And the sharp nine. Okay. To the major seven. Okay. The yeah. So these things are showing voice movement uh, within the uh, within the resolve, and because they're showing they're flattening the nine, sharpening the nine, flattening the five, sharpening the five, that gives scale choices. And uh, what he taught me was that um, you've got a choice of a diminished scale. You've got a choice of an augmented scale. You've got a choice of a hybrid scale, which they call a jazz minor.
3: Jazz minor. Half-step up Lydian, jazz minor. Yeah,
1: Lydian, Lydian, which is like this. Um, um, uh <laughs> sounds, sounds mm. very exotic and, yeah well the reason that they use that because it gets all of them it's a sharp 9 flat 9 sharp 5 flat 9 so it's, it's just it's, it's just a beast of tension right <laughs> it's just it's, a, it's a growling kind of it's a growling gnarly, beast ready yeah. to devour a major chord <laughs> so they, they, they it's a very pretty exotic scale if you think of, if, you, if you listen to it. yeah it, it sounds cool See, yes, I was trying to think. you.
2: <laughs> uh.
1: comes with one chord and it's like a big sack of potatoes. It just would, would you
3: <laughs> want me to play the, the, the tonic notes of those changes under you and s- just play that 2-5 a few times just so because I think what Keith was pointing out earlier is that a lot of the listeners, they're not hearing what you're hearing in your no, head. No,
1: no, right. no. And I understand that. it's it, it, there, There's a bit of air training involved yeah, with yeah. it because it's a kind of, uh, how do you say, it's a, oh, you got something? But there? if I were to play... You got something? <laughs> if I
3: were to play like... Under you like that that two five you were playing. Okay. What, what are you
1: in? Hey oh, minor? A minor yeah. That does help here. I love here. you
3: play with the context underneath it. It's like because I can. It's can hard to do with just thing. a banjo. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Gosh. Impossible.
0: Right. What did you learn from Joe Pass? Uh, I'm a big fan of his, so I'm I'm curious to know.
1: He's very kind to me. <laughs> he read banjo player shows he must really need some money for lessons can I give lessons. To him? <laughs> I've heard some <laughs> other he stories pl- about
0: him, so that, that could be true.
1: He, he was, he said, he, he, the first thing he said, he said, Well, man, uh, can you play some tunes for me? Uh huh. You know, so I played him a couple tunes. And he said, Oh, he says, Well, okay, uh, how would you play this? And he'd play a little phrase, you know, and then I'd, I'd mess around and finally mimic it. And then he says, What about this? And he'd play it. He says, You know, um, you play with your fingers like that, and it says, It reminds me of Lenny Bro. Hmm. You know, who used yeah. to play fingerstyle, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. Right? And then he said, uh, here's here's what I think you should do. I think you should learn all your major and minor scales. Okay? He says, you do that and come back to me. Mm-hmm. We never, re- you know, he was out of town all the time and that sort of thing. Okay. But, but um, so I thought, I was telling Dub this, I said, oh, I'll take a month and a half, two months out and learn all my scales. <laughs> yeah. Two and a half years later. Years later. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. uh, Because what I had to do was try to form them without having any books. Yeah. So um, one of the. uh, Do you know the two five one uh, pattern that it starts in D minor G seven C then C minor F seven F? Do you know that one? Uh I could play that one. One of the one of the things that uh, that Dave Pike gave me was this descending. Progression that goes through six keys two five one, huh? Um,
0: and each one becomes the next. Two? Yes. In other words, I'd go so, uh,
1: two five one is D minor G seven, then C major becomes C minor to F seven to B flat. Okay. So you're descending uh, keys in whole steps. Okay. Yeah. So that's and then you got to go in and get the the chords in between the the key in be- the keys in between because you get six out of that out of that cycle. Yeah. Then you got to go and get the other six. You know? Yeah. So, uh, so it'd be something like, yeah, please, okay. thank you. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> so, we're gonna
3: and we're gonna we're gonna go, uh, D minor, uh, G7, C major 7, C major 7, C minor 7s, okay,
1: yeah, and that's and the uh, yeah, okay, so it'd be like, um, one, two, three, four. These takes a major scale. I take an E major scale there. This takes a G, a D major scale, because the first two chords are E minor, A seven. That'll anyway. keep you on your toes. Yeah, it will. It's, it's good for the gray matter. <laughs> I, I need all the gray matter I can get at gives my age. Me a <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> oh man, that was great. Yeah, it's it's so much helpful, more helpful to uh, yeah to hear those root tones and, so and hear the I context. So what I was getting from guys
1: guys like Dave Pike and Joe Pass, mm-hmm. where this w- was way to practice this kind of progression because it pops up in all the jazz standards. So
0: how do you actually? practice it
1: just like, like you were hearing i've got a band in the box and you just Something. run it and run it and run it just and, let it loop yeah you know
3: but you didn't start off at that tempo you started off like really slow probably right i mean i could never have played it at that tempo
1: no the tempo i usually do it at is a The the first tempo is is what I was warming up with because I hadn't done it in a long time. I...
0: <laughs> hey, let's talk about your uh, instrument and and all the other tools of your trade. Tell us uh, what kind of banjo you have and and what you like about it.
1: It's a uh, oh I think a 1928 archtop top pot forty mm-hmm. uh, hole tone ring tube and pa- plate flange. Mm-hmm. Uh, the neck is mahogany because it sort of tones down the spang yeah. of an arch top. Sure. Right. Uh, probably a 5 eighths bridge. It's a Snuffy Smith, I guess. So that whole pot
0: is original to the 1928 banjo? It is. As far
1: as you know? It is, yeah. Cool. The resonator was refinished and the, and the neck you know made by Robin. So.
0: Yeah. So if you wanted the mahogany to mellow it out, is there a reason that you're partial to the arch tops? Or is that just kind of something that you found that you happen to like?
1: The the the, the kind of banjo I've always wanted and could never quite get. I okay. mean, I'm, I'm thankful I've got a you know a nice banjo to play. I mean, that's... But the one that I always wanted was a, a Style 6 uh, low-profile flathead tone ring. Okay. Uh tube and plate flange uh, uh, Gibson. And, and what uh, put
0: that in your head as the, the one well, to go for?
1: The the key word here is low-profile flathead. Yeah. In other words, it was a pre... It was the, what they were experimenting in the transition. I, the way I understand it, uh, what they were experimenting with in the transition between arch-tops and flatheads. So they were, they were lower profile um, and... For me, that, that had the clarity and the kind of thing that I, that I really like. Hmm. Um, when I'm not playing so sloppy, I can get really nice, clear response from, from up the neck. And um, I, guess, I guess with a lot of bluegrass players, they have a lot higher action than I do.
0: Yours is relatively low?
1: Well, I could give it to you. You could check it out and see what you think. But I once saw Earl Scruggs play for the first time uh, at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And uh, Freddie Hart was opening and uh naturally I got I got to the right seat so I could look right up the neck of Earl Scruggs and yeah, he was yeah. playing, you know, it's like I I, I I read people with their left hand. Yeah. So <laughs> so I was I was astonished the how high his action was wow. on that. And then I my jeez, it takes three men and a boy to push the string <laughs> down on a fret, you know? Holy smokes, you know, yeah. and uh, so I like to get a good, clean, clear sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, um, if I'm going to be playing cross string type of things, then it's it's better for me to have um, have it closer than than most actual Scruggs players, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who prefer the the flathead. Uh, and again, the flathead, because it's low profile, has a little more spang than a, than the the flatheads that were to proceed from that. Which I understand one of the first two or three years I think was Earl Scruggs banjo, and, and I think he and Reno shared a banjo. T- what, you know, early early. They days, had
0: done so. a, a, an exchange. Yeah. yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, this is just a personal preference. I I, I guess it was Doug Dillard
0: who made you want the, the yeah exactly yeah okay right. cool
1: uh-huh and nice. uh stanley brothers you know uh huh
0: anything else that you're particularly partial to in terms of type of bridge type of picks type of head
1: i've had these dunlap picks now i think for uh 18 years okay i just never lost them i've got i've got four four sets of them broken in uh-huh and um you notice this? Is this something people do? Oh, ang- yeah, yeah. Ang them off to the side?
0: Yeah. And, and what, what I, pads, I, I, we should clarify, what what he's saying is um, I'm turning, the pits I'm turn- aren't straight on in right. terms if, of the pads Right, if you stick both, fingers,
1: both of the yeah. uh, index and middle fingers out, the blade is turned up toward you. Yes, yeah. You know, on the side. And, and, and that's
0: to get the, the flush um, contact point. Yeah, and I, I,
1: I, I straighten them out instead of toward the, toward the end of the finger. It, a lot, I, it, if I get too excited, I can pull the string right out of the bridge. Yeah. Because I've got it. I've got this angle on it. You see. Yeah. But this, uh, it's all feel. And in order for me to, to make sense of of a, of a passage or something, I have to be able to put together a uh, a combination of feelings. I don't know how to describe it? It's. Uh, I don't. I don't want to. I don't have. I don't have to see it. I feel it. I feel it. This, the left hand, in my mind, leads, and the right hand follows. That's so really
0: interesting, yeah. Okay? Yeah.
1: Yeah, because um, this hand is the hand that's looking for the, 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 the melodies mm-hmm. and, and, and the things that I know work, you know, my little bag of tricks, you know. Right. And, and this hand is, is, I don't have to think about it. It, 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 it validates whatever this is. Yeah. It, it's so ingrained that I don't have to think about the right hand yeah, uh, cool. And 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 again too, I think the more advanced kind of playing uh, like uh Bill Keith was saying is in finger independence. Um you wouldn't believe how hard it is to play random notes with the right hand. It's really I, hard. I I have enough trouble playing the <laughs> notes that are <laughs> prescribed and you know. well, listen, I'll play um I'll play the right hand to a a melodic tune for you, all right? So, so this, this, this hand doesn't make any sense. <laughs> with, right with that, on its own. With, yeah. yeah, right. Um, if, you, if you go to students, you say, okay, what's this song?
2: <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: And if you, if you said to a student, can you play the right hand without playing the left? So I offered this to, to just at a, at a workshop, and a couple people came up and said, I never thought of it that way. So when I started doing that, I got out of the habit of just thinking in roles where I didn't have to define it, yeah. and it became all one thing. And then when I added the left hand, I was playing it a lot better.
0: Just with more intention.
1: Yeah, more mm. intention without, without um, of course, you know, you have to go over the speed bumps, the places where you, you know, you know, you, uh, a lot of times students will actually practice their mistakes into, into the song they're trying to learn. Sure. You know? Yeah. And so um, you have to um, learn how to play so slow. I mean, you get your comfort level. You can play it so slow that you're, you're almost bored. And I mean, if you went... Well, how can you get upset with that? I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to play, you know. Yeah. So uh, actually playing it slow, but you have to uh, get to the point where you want to push yourself. So you've got to keep pushing the envelope a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more but you have to really solidify what you're doing at a very slow pace right and you can't get upset and distracted when you're playing so slow i mean it's your comfort you got to be make yourself comfortable for crying out loud you know just yeah just really slow it down you know absolutely instead of trying to play fast tune like i did where i couldn't play it you know
0: <laughs> we i think we've all been there
1: yeah i uh Uh, Life life has interrupted my my routine lately, but that's the way it's going to be.
0: Hey, folks, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but the holiday season is coming up and is right around the corner. And do you know what place is guaranteed to have something for every person on your list? It's Elderly Instruments. And yeah, I, I am jumping to conclusions that everyone on your list wants a totally awesome banjo or mandolin or guitar or ukulele or maybe some accessories or instructional material whatever the case elderly definitely has it and you know I wouldn't steer you wrong with a matter of such great importance elderly instruments is one of the world's most trusted sources of new used and vintage fretted stringed instruments they're located in Lansing Michigan but they do ship worldwide so even if you are not able to get into their really impressive showroom in lansing michigan check them out at elderly.com and you'll see what i'm talking about they have something for everybody and especially if you're a banjo player like me you're going to get in trouble really fast i used to work there and i had to quit just to stop myself from spending money their sales staff is down to earth and knowledgeable so even if you aren't sure what it is that you're looking for. They are there to help. Give them a call at 517-372-7880 and they can help you find what you need. Or again at elderly.com. The Picky Fingers Banjo Podcast is also sponsored by Peghead Nation. Peghead Nation is one of the best sites for streaming video courses in banjo, guitar, mandolin, fiddle, dobro, upright bass, and uke. You can learn bluegrass, old time, and all sorts of styles, and they have the most talented players and instructors in all of Root's music. Some Just a, a few of the titles that you can get at pegheadnation.com. Uh, and I'm just talking about the banjo courses here. You got beginning banjo with Bill Evans. Bill also teaches bluegrass banjo. You can take clawhammer banjo with Evie Layden, Wade Ward style banjo with Bruce Molesky, the banjo according to Danny Barnes, and contemporary bluegrass banjo with Wes Corbett, and no matter which course you choose, that's going to get you high-quality multi-angle video lessons, downloadable notation, and play-along tracks, plenty of tunes to play along with. It's, it's a very thorough course and done with the top-notch in video and audio quality. Uh, there is a bonus offer for listeners of this podcast. If you join any of Peghead Nation's video courses, you get your first month's free. And the way you do that is you enter the promo code Fingers at checkout. That's all one word, all lowercase. So once again, PegheadNation.com, Fingers at checkout for the promo code. Get your first month's free. Check it out. Hey, Dub, this is your turn. Any Anything? Uh, you did a great you know, job of covering it. Oh,
3: yeah. I did, 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 did the, uh, um,
1: great questions.
3: The, I guess... The I wouldn't have was, thought of... Them. There was that no, uh, that story you told me. No. I oh there we go. I, I Do we what, want to go over this? Or? No. <laughs>
1: um,
3: and this is something you and I haven't even talked about. I hinted at it the other day, but when I first... This would have been... Maybe mid '80s. It was after I'd already met you. You were playing in a straight up jazz four piece group with Bob Applebaum, Barry Solomon, and was Gene LeBay the bass player in that group? He or was. T- he t- was
1: at a time. Uh, Tim yeah. Emmons, no. Tim Emmons was yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. Uh
3: huh. Um, and what what made that happen? Because this was after you were already. You, I mean. When I heard of you in the late 1970s, you were the guy who was introducing uh, traditional jazz to the five-string banjo, and that's what I wanted Somebody to do. Somebody should
1: have told me about
3: that. <laughs> but, like, how did that happen, and how did you end up playing—you played— um, uh, There were guys
1: like Peter Schwimmer that was doing a lot of that stuff. Oh,
3: yeah, right. You know? Right, right, right. Um, Great player. Yeah, boy, he is really good. Um uh, but you ended up playing on some sh- some sh- show in in Nashville or something <sighs> I don't remember that oh, see, good it's, God, all, that's it's all over you played San Felipe anthropology and a couple of other tunes Oh
1: wait a minute was it uh, like a uh, a television show yeah. type of thing yeah. Oh yeah that was uh that was up near Grass Valley Oh okay Yeah I think okay. it's on and
0: your YouTube channel Pat. It is
3: or, Do well, I have one It's attached somewhere cuz that's where I saw it too that's Exactly a, it, say, Maybe oh, yeah man. I yeah I don't know I don't. I don't know. I don't know who posted them, but they're definitely linked to you. So it was a
1: group called Amazing Phrasing.
3: Oh yes. Okay.
1: And uh, we we had a a steady gig at a place called the Banjo Cafe in uh, so Santa glad you Monica.
3: Got up anyway. So you came together at the Banjo Cafe. Uh,
1: as near as I can figure, I was meeting, sitting down with Barry at McCabe's Guitar Store. He was teaching guitar there, so uh, he'd get a student cancel I'd go up to his room and we'd sit there and and, uh, and throw uh you know throw solo jazz solos back and forth with each other and I think Bob was giving lessons there too so that was probably the nexus of how we uh, how we all met but um, we never I don't think we got together as a group until we were offered a job I think Barry brought it up and he said all we need to do is find a bass bass player and Tim emmons was was one of the People, Gene LeBay was another. I was one other gentleman. Um, I'll think of his name in a minute. But um, yeah, we could we could uh, just just play nothing but uh, jazz tunes, as well as um, uh, whenever a bluegrass tune we'd want to play, you know, yeah. or something like that. We it was just a wonderful way to practice on stage. <laughs> yeah, that's I've I've still got some tapes of those things. Was that fun for you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh sure. I mean, uh, um, at least I was—I was getting a chance to try to work out stuff. I'd work. i i i would know that we have the gig, so I'd sit down and uh, try to write out. My mo uh, uh, was to write out uh, eighth note solos that that show chord connection. Um, so that um, I'd write out maybe. Three or four of them, so I wouldn't know which is which after you practice them, you know. But then, then that way um, they would they would instead of trying to force a solo onto myself, it would it would appear as it would appear because every time I don't maybe maybe you can relate to this both you guys, but you well, I used to practice I got to get this lick down I just want to play this lick I just we're gonna play somewhere I want to get this lick down so you know you get up to it and uh, it, it just disintegrates you know it sounds like Fido's we're in and <laughs> then two months later when I'm not expecting it bam it just pops right up you know when you don't when you don't expect it it's like the muse of music is saying no we won't give it to you right away we'll uh, we'll wait a couple months and then if you're uh if you're worthy you know we'll uh we'll allow you to come up with it you know
0: going
1: to incubate and percolate. <laughs> exactly. And all that That's right. Yeah, the synapses have to grow, and uh, yeah, the the dendrites need to need to you know embrace each other up there. And.
3: So um, you've talked about McCabe's a lot, and that uh, that place obviously had connections for you, and you made personal connections there. And oh probably, yeah, it was a wonderful place to make yeah, connections. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, now there was this local place we had here called the Banjo Cafe. And um, a lot of the local talent, including Pat and, and um, other guys, played there. Did that place hold any significance for you? I miss it. It burnt down years ago, but it but it's like it was one of those places you could go to and hear great players play.
1: Oh, Ralph Stanley played there. Bill Monroe played. A, you know, uh, he, he'd be in town or something like that, and uh, he would really. Donate almost donate his time to come in and say you know and we're going to be here next you know and, and really nice guys I mean uh, the bluegrass people are just uh, down home and, and just real people you know and um, yeah it was a great place a great venue while it uh, the uh, the guy that owned it played banjo <laughs> I'd be surprised you yeah know. I was going to say yeah <laughs> Raul Mazzoni was his mm-hmm. name I, you know. Right. Renzo was his father, and they uh they behind in the kitchen making pieces and uh serving wine and all of that you know uh, it was like was one of the things that uh those things are good for developing because it gives you something to work for you know
3: it only seated like what fifty people or something yeah like it is very
1: place. very intimate and uh,
3: you never knew who was going to be in the audience I, I remember looking out from the stage one time and Tony Dow is sitting there with the date um Wally Cleaver, you know, so you, always, <laughs> so you always, you always got, you always got people, because we're in Los Angeles, you've always got, you never know who's so going to be sitting there. Do,
1: somebody yeah. told me Dustin Hoffman yes. came in for a while, you I know, yeah, yeah,
3: well, um, but anyway, yeah, it's, uh, I just, I was curious how, if, how, how that place, it seemed like it would be a nice local place for you to get to play a lot.
1: Yes, and um, it was a nice place for a lot of uh, acoustic musicians to gather it was really great. Uh, to this day, uh, I wish there was something that replaced it in a way. But things being what they are, when I was uh, in, throughout the '70s in Long Beach, they'd have these uh, these little air uh, little open uh, storefronts, and they'd convert. You'd get a coffee pot, and it'd have a free microphone. You know, and you could get up there and, and sign up, and uh, and get up there and, and play. You know, back in the old old times. You yeah. know. And, the storefront wasn't that expensive, you know if, and then you'd get yourself a coffee pot and some some tea bags and and it didn't it didn't have a liquor license but uh, you know uh, it'd have the local talent come in and uh, uh it, it, it the the venues like that are just uh, few and far between nowadays you know? yeah i mean
0: we've I def- tried you did great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've definitely gotten loads of cool stories and knowledge out of you, but if there's anything else that you're, I don't know, any, any well, I, knowledge well, I, that you, you
1: feel uh, like you still need to share about. Thank you for letting me get over myself, you know, uh, in, initial. Because uh, when, when you asked her that, I, I'd i always promised myself that I wasn't going to do any more of that kind of thing. Because uh, I'm just uh working musician all my Mm -hmm. life you know um i'm lucky i could i got away with it you know
0: (laughs) is that how you feel like you you got away with something well i mean pulled pulled the wool over everyone's eyes and
1: i don't know it seems like i was 16 and uh we just played a place uh, pizza parlor you know and and just never stopped. <laughs> and uh, they gave me fifteen bucks and a pizza, and I thought, man, this is this is this is the deal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the deal. Now all I got to do is get over my stage fright, you know. All right, I'll give you one little thing. The first time I played, it was um, with a band called the Piney Woods Pickers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was Pat Ball, uh, uh, Evan Anderson. Uh, I'll well, think of the rest of the guys. But uh, it was the first night that I ever played anywhere. And we had rehearsed, and uh, uh, I was about 15 or so. And they had this little uh, stage in the back there, you know, maybe six inches tall, yeah. a little stage that was tucked in the back Just there enough to call it a stage. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, I'd practice. Oh, I pra- Oh, how I practiced. I just practiced, 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 and practiced. And I got up there, and the first set just caca. I just fell apart. Because of the nerves? You know? of, yeah, like nerves. Okay. Right. And the guitar player uh, comes over to me and he says, you okay? <laughs> I, said, I said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm shaken and fright. He said, well, look around you. What do you see? Oh, there's a family there and a family there. It's, it's pretty empty, isn't it? And he said, uh, yeah. And said that why does six inches off the ground mean anything? Aren't we in? A, aren't we in the living room playing like we were?
2: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: well, I never thought of that. So I learned how to uh, how to perform, which is, you 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 take the initial adrenaline rush and you settle down mm-hmm. and you uh, you you get into the zone and you get into it. You know, and he, uh, I, I'm sure. Segovia has the same thing, you know, (laughs) Judy Garland at Carnegie Hall, you know, Um, but it doesn't matter. It's just the, uh, the idea that, um, that they want to like you. (laughs) You Right, right. They want to, they want to. They're cheering for you. Yes, they're, 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 they're they're hoping that, uh, that they can make a connection, you know. -hmm. Uh, Some,
0: another prompt that Dub kind of gave me I don't know if he had something specific in mind was I I think he wanted me to ask you about your changing views of music from when you started you know in contrast to maybe now I don't know was there something specific that you
3: had
1: in mind banjo music I don't know
3: just in general I was just uh, something that I was personally curious about that I just wanted you to ask and okay. if it if it, if it, if it fell on its face it was your fault not mine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm happy to but just, everything
0: if, about this will be just my fault. Because
3: you started so young and you've gone through so many different kind of uh genre changes and things like that on one instrument. I, I, I mean, what's changed for you as far as music in general is concerned?
1: Uh, what's changed for me is that uh I don't know. It, it's this kind of thing where, uh, when you approached me for the first time, I, uh, I was very afraid of it, in a sense, because I don't. Um, I I I think that uh, I've been so lucky to be able to get. A, I, I do feel like I've gotten away with it because uh, there's people better than I that deserve to uh, to get more recognition. Have you ever heard of Carol Best? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. he he is one of if I have an inspiration Carol Best was one of my most inspired thing yeah and uh, I, I, I often wonder how many great players for this instrument have gone by the wayside but maybe didn't want to deal with the business of music or didn't know how to deal with the business of music um, and never got the recognition they deserve for being uh, you know Real, real uh, uh, excellent players that nobody knows about, you know? Um, besides, what's what's the notoriety about famous banjo players? Come on, give me a yeah, break. Yeah, it's an oxymoron. I mean, yeah. come on, yeah, they're exactly yeah. right. It's, it's, almost, it's almost a Larson cartoon in a way. You know? There's a famous <laughs> Bela
0: Fleck quote about somebody asked him what it was like being the best banjo player on earth <laughs> and he's he said i imagine it's probably similar to being the best kazoo player
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. well that steve martin was on i forget jimmy kimmel or something he was in, and uh or uh, one of the t- the shows the moderator asked him well is banjo the only thing you play and he replied well would you have asked the same thing of yo-yo ma right you yeah know, yeah right?
0: exactly
3: this is just my my thing but i i am such in awe of people who are trailblazers i mean people right. who cut through things that nobody else has done before and that's what pat did that's why for me i i i so much wanted you to do this podcast because it's like uh he um, I, and I, I, don't, I don't mean this, but it's like maybe out of sheer ignorance, he just said, "I'm going to do this," and he just went, it was sheer it.
1: ignorance. Oh, okay, yeah, and it, it hasn't stopped. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a kind of ignorance that uh, you know. I, should I take up a horn or something? And yeah. instead of and, and copy instead of copying horn things on on banjo, I should get a, get horn, horn, a horn and copy. Horn. It. Yeah. yeah. But is,
3: but if, but for people like me who grew up wanting to play the banjo, it was just such an inspiration to be able to have somebody who's gone someplace that nobody else has gone before. Well,
1: that's go, hey, very that's, that's cool. very kind of you. It's sort of like a Star Trek. Uh, yeah,
3: okay. yeah. You're Captain Kirk of the banjo.
1: Right, and the Tribbles are uh, <laughs> taking over as we talk. Yeah.
0: Um, as I know, you don't carry a lot of online presence, but is there anywhere? Um, <laughs>
1: patcloud.com
0: that's what i was get going for i want people to be able to find no, oh I, hey, hey yeah uh plug your we didn't even touch on this but i don't want to you know <laughs> have us here all night but you have an, some new ideas for an educational online yes. system now, why don't you uh plug well, I have that or, or talk about, about what your ideas uh, are
1: 18 years ago um I had a website, the patcloud.com, and uh-huh. I I, uh, I brought up Whois, the uh, the the internet uh, company that keeps track of all the websites, mm-hmm. and I got this great URL called banjolessons.com. Huh. And uh, after seeing all the stuff that's out there, Ross, Nickerson, good God, what a great website, all of the stuff that they've got for Banjo now... Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly felt that I didn't have anything to offer. Well, what I decided to try to do, and I'm still trying to mull it over to see, uh, I want to grow the uh, website organically. You know, I'll give, a, I'll give the, some of the basics, maybe, maybe like that. What I want people to understand is that by being alive, you are being creative. You can't, it's, remember that saying, of be here now, You know, live in the now? Well, you've got no choice. Even if, you're, even if you're thinking of things in the past, you're doing it in a now right, moment. Right, right, right. You know, and then you're worried about the future. That's now you're worried about the, you know, you're creative. you you getting out of bed for some people is a creative thing, you know, after a while. So you're always being creative, just just naturally. Yeah. So just to take the banjo as a, you know, play the strangest kind of things that you think, and then when you mess around with it and it's really strange, it's a guy you come across something, it really makes it, Yeah, you know. I was trying to come up with something tonight because, um, well, th- because knowing music theory, I'll give you the example, the, uh, the B7, and the e minor for instance they hmm. go together sure yeah <laughs> you know so so what i was trying to do was um uh, just keep keep the 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 basic understanding behind something because everything matters but it's it's not like i'm consciously have any formula it's like i have to i have to back off when i start to insist that I'm supposed to play something a certain way or this is allowed and this isn't. Somebody quoted me as saying there are no rules. Well, that's not true. <laughs> you 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 might make the rule for yourself and then you go ahead and break it. Yeah. You know? And and the other rule is maybe is that if you're going to play banjo with your feet, take your shoes off. <laughs> that's a good rule, don't you think? Yeah. yeah? So I I remember when
0: you were describing it to me a while ago, your, your idea had something to do with um, the mode of interaction between you and potential, uh, I don't know, students or contributors to this educational website. Uh, I, I remember it being really interesting, but I can't quite recall exactly what the, the vehicle was. And maybe maybe you've even moved on from the idea since you originally. Well, told that. I,
1: I I don't think I need to you know repeat everything that's been out there. there has been so much. It's it's basically all out there. Okay. The thing that isn't out there is people have this idea that they they need inspiration or something to create, or they need uh, somebody to teach them so that they can create, or something like that. So the first thing. I was th- I thought people should do is take any kind of melody that they grew up with, uh, and just play it. Just, in other words, get used to the idea of using the instrument to find stuff. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, it, it's any melody that, that comes to mind. For one thing, uh, if you're not ready for rolls, you can find you can find a little bit of solace in the fact that you can if you can play you got a free chord, and you can find as many th- if you can hum it or sing it then chances are you can find it on sure. the neck, you know. I thought that would be a great thing to do. Yeah. I mean then, uh, I mean there's so many so many techniques out there for for putting things into, you know, three three finger rolls or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um,
0: <laughs> you know? Yeah, definitely.
1: So uh if you can chord it, chord the melody, then you've got fingering, you get finger patterns. Yep, you know.
2: And so, just like that, you're just you like sound that. like a banjo player. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah.
1: exactly. And you just work the work the pattern through. You know, I mean, remember, you're not you're not applying rolls. I, I want to make that. I'm not against rolls. I just think uh, uh, chopping up your right hand when you when you can just sort of feel. Through the mouth, feel through a melody, or emphasize it. You know, it might take a little bit of time to get something that you like, or, but if it's something you make up, it doesn't matter. Sure. <laughs> you know? Sure. So I had the idea: is what can I offer? Uh, urging people to explore their innate cre- creativity, and uh, never thinking that what they can do for themselves is is not worthy of. You know, they'll say, well. The uh, amat, a uh, Latin root, amateur, is for the love of something. So if I could if I could gather people because they love to do something, rather than having a regimen of chords and scales and rolls and things like that, that might be that might be something that would be interesting. Something. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Uh, Time will tell, and it's it's at least a unique approach compared to like you said, just the. The din of everything else that's that's out there, and that's at banjolessons. Banjo
1: dot com, dot com, or I, both. I, or... I still haven't released it from its cage yet because I okay. I, I, I keep I keep thinking it's all out there. I'm not really contributing that much in ter- in terms of uh, you know people who have already done all this stuff already. It's all out there online, you know, but. Uh, the thing that's not out there is making up a song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's satisfying yourself, uh, which I so haphazardly tried to do here, you know. If it isn't working, you can go ahead and cut it, so. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I'm I guessing that I'll keep it in, but... All right, but well... Glad to know I have your blessing to, uh, yeah. <laughs> to... Put it on the cutting room floor if if, you might, if you absolutely might, needed.
1: You to, I, I acceded to everything you want, so.
0: You definitely did, and and far more and i've kept you long enough so i'll, I'll probably uh release hey, you here but thank uh, you so much but yeah everyone check out appreciate those websites it. dub um, keith
1: you're the best thank you
0: yeah thank you however yeah however you were convinced to get over yourself as you put it i'm i'm glad it happened and and it's been a great time so yeah appreciate it thank you Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Keith Billick. I really appreciate the Patreon supporters of today's show. That was Sean Braddock and Rory Johnson. Go to patreon.com banjo podcast to not only become a supporter yourself, but to also get access to the bonus pack Cloud material of him composing a tune in real time before your ears. As always, you can contact the show at podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to go get your Picky Fingers merchandise, t-shirts and stickers 20% off by using BUY2020, coupon code at BanjoPodcast.com. So other than that, I think I'm done with this. I'm going to get to work on the next one. Hope you all take care. Have a great holiday season, and I'll see you next time.